There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. David Strathairn stars this week in the Shakespeare theater play Remember This, the lesson of Jan Karski about a real-life witness to the Holocaust. We spoke about Karski's extraordinary life, as well as Strathairn's filmography from his Oscar nomination as Edward R. Murrow in Good Night and Good Luck to his role across Francis McDormand in Nomadland. Hey, David, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. I uh, thank you. Uh, honored to be here. Tell me what this is. He's, he's a, you know, a, a witness to the Holocaust. Uh, yes, he was. Uh, he was a courier during the uh, during the war for um, the Polish underground, carrying messages, mostly on foot from the um, from the front, so to speak, in Poland and uh, throughout the the, uh, <clears throat> the the theater of war, as, as some people say, to the uh, government in exile in France. Um, he, um, he he carried uh, both the messages of the uh, uh, of the Polish uh, situation and the Jewish people of Poland and the Jewish people's uh, plight during the war in general um, to the uh, to the Western world um, to uh, London and uh, ultimately to the the halls of government in the United States. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Felix Frankfurter was one of the people he reported to, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. So I mean, yeah, I mean, so you're saying he was the messenger of truth that got that got those horrific reports out to the rest of the world. We we forget that you know such different times nowadays. You know, nowadays we can watch yeah I don't know Afghanistan evacuation and we're watching in real time. But you know, then it, it took a, a guy like this spreading the word. You're saying he he actually went by foot and and spread the word. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, very, very different time in terms of uh, <clears throat> the communication avenues um, to get information out from the uh, uh, from the war to the rest of the world. Uh, he, he is um, allegedly reputed to be the man who told of the annihilation of the Jewish people while there was till, still time to stop it. Um, he visited the Warsaw Ghetto twice. Uh, he, in disguise, he uh, went to a, a, a transit camp, a Nazi transit camp. There were many others, I'm sure, who were doing similar kind of um, uh, courageous work. But he, uh, he was really, I think, the first person to get to the, the upper levels of, uh, of, of the Allied nations. Uh, he didn't exactly make it to the office of Churchill. Uh, have an audience with Churchill, but he did with, uh, as I said, Felix Frankfurter, who was a, 
Associate Justice of the Supreme Court and with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And subsequently, he wrote a, a novel called Story of the Secret State, which kind of chronicled his life and his uh, experiences with the Polish underground um, and his experiences during the war. So he was a bellwether. He was one of those canaries in, in, the, in the mine, um, if, uh, to go with the coal miner uh, vernacular. Uh, and he lived a life he, that today people would think, oh, that's, that can only be uh, written by Ian Fleming. That's a, that's a James Bond experience, <laughs> um, escaping several times, um, tortured within inches of his life, um, surviving a suicide attempt, and, uh, you know, covering miles of territory on foot over the Pyrenees on, in, in the snow through France and Germany and Poland, uh, carrying messages uh, to the, uh, the Polish government in exile and ultimately to the world. Uh, extraordinary man. Uh, what a remarkable life story. Powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and in terms of you having to play it, I mean, so this, just so our listeners know, this show, it, it's going to be at Shakespeare Theater on October 6th through 17th, is uh, it's a it's a solo performance. Like, it's a one-man uh, tour de force, as they say. So how are you, man, all this stuff of, you know, him being a witness to such horrific history and being tortured within an inch of his life, like you say, and then and then meeting these dignitaries to spread the word. How has that actually played out with just just you, just one person on stage? I mean, that's got to be, that's a heavy lift, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, what, I, what I've learned in, in, by meeting him, so to speak, and getting to know him and sort of living with uh, his legacy, um, is that he, as a teacher, which he spent uh, 40 years doing at Georgetown University, he, uh, people who had him as a teacher, remember him as being a very demonstrative, dramatic, entertaining uh, uh, professor who brought things to life. Um, so the, uh, the, uh, the, con the conception of the, the conceit of the show is that we're not really pushing the envelope that much in how he uh, uh, shared his, and taught and ex expressed his experiences. Um, a very, um, very engaging personality, very arresting um, and dignified. And uh, people considered him, they all wanted to get his class. So uh, I impersonate in his voice, the people that he comes in contact with. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it might be a little hard for people to, to, to keep up with, uh, but uh, uh, I think with the way Clark Young has um, scripted it and how Derek Goldman, who is the director, um, uh, we've put together a, a, a very dramatic, visceral experience of, uh, and, and very, um, uh, true to uh, Karski, uh, what Karski said throughout his life. You know, he, he spoke a lot about it. He gave very, a lot of interviews, a lot of testimony. Um, he, he, he's, he's available on, uh, on uh, you can Google him. And uh, he's a, a, a center, central figure in the uh, documentary Shoah that Claude Landsman made, a nine-hour documentary about the uh, Jewish tragedy of World War II. Oh, the most so, comprehensive work on the Holocaust you'll ever find. Absolutely, yeah. Wow, well, it's, it is, 
It is just, it's just the latest uh, of many incredible roles uh, in your career, if I must say so myself. Um, if you don't mind, uh, I'd love to run through some of the highlights if you, if you have some time, like uh, rapid fire if necessary. But I mean, I think one of the first that most people remember was was Silkwood. Just remember memories of sort of bursting onto the scene. I mean, that was one of your first big ones. Uh, yeah, I guess it, you never know if it's a big one or a little one or whatever when you're doing it, but um it had some pretty, uh, some pretty heavy hitters in there. Um, Cher and Meryl Streep and Mike Nichols, the director, and uh, a lot of people who had, had more mileage than I did. But yeah, that was a, that was a fun one. Um, of course, and then of course, you know, one of my personal favorites, Eight Men Out. I mean, we we just had the big Field of Dreams game, which I love Field of Dreams too. But I mean, similar story with the, of the, you know, the 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 World Series being thrown, 1919 uh, White Sox. But um, how much did you enjoy? Was that one of your favorite roles as well? It was, uh, you know, just getting out there to wear those old pajama uniforms, you know, those those baggy wool uniforms and and play baseball all day. Uh, what could be better? Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun doing that. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. And then and staying on the baseball theme, A League of Their Own. Uh, that was another. I mean, uh, a lot of people might even forget you're in that movie. But uh, when I watch it back, I'm like, man, of course, he's 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 pivotal. Yeah, he's a, he's there in the periphery. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's the guy who eventually put the the the, uh, the team put the teams together. You know, Wrigley was the was the guy played by um, by Marshall. But uh, uh, that, that was another one, which is. You know, I've been lucky. I've been very fortunate to be a part of some really wonderfully received films, enjoyable films, and things that uh, and stories that are uh, are true. And I, I like being part of uh, sort of being part of the uh, storytellers of history, so to speak. Was that fun watching Tom Hanks sort of do his thing with the no crying in baseball and and, and all the all the cast really? I mean that that, that thing was a, a deep bench, if you will. <laughs> exactly, a, a deep bench, you know. And I I had a good vision of it from the bullpen there, um, or from the bleachers actually. But, uh, yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's a wonderful guy. Um, <laughs> well, one of my one of my personal favorites, uh, a family favorite that. Uh, I think that never gets enough attention, I think, is the River Wild. I thought, I mean, and then it was like a young John C. Riley in that too, and Kevin Bacon. And, and man, memories of, of the River Wild. That one is like, that was like a modern day deliverance. <laughs> yeah, the family deliverance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a challenging film to make, you know, and you, you know, the, the recipe for disaster is just add water. And uh, when you, when you, uh, you add water of, of that, uh, power and uh, you've got to know what you're doing. And fortunately, we had an, an amazing safety crew of, of renowned kayakers, uh, you know, in, in their own right, and uh, uh, helped us get through the uh, without anybody taking any uh, serious, deep, uh, dangerous swims. You all, you all took a swim, but um, they were there to uh, teach us how to do it. Um, <laughs> awesome. Was, uh, was, uh, yeah. It, Another one that's up there on the shelf. For sure. And then if anyone, you know, any fans of neo-noir, like, you know, Chinatown and the like, L.A. Confidential, I still think it's one of the one of the great movies ever in that genre. Um, memories, I mean, talk, you've had a lot of deep benches, but that cast was deep, too. And, uh, you know, you were you were a real standout there in uh, in what I think is just one of those great neo-noirs ever. I think so, too. I think uh, L.A. Confidential is uh, 
really should go into the uh, into the hall, so to speak, um, as being one of the more uh, uh, beautiful realizations of that time and telling a, a, an adventure story, but also a, a cultural um, insight. Uh, and Curtis Hansen really, really, uh, he, he did a beautiful job with that film. Absolutely. And then, of course, um, we'd have to, my listeners will kill me if I don't ask you about um, good night and good luck. I mean, we here at WTOP, we, we're always, there's these Edward R. Murrow awards and you got to play Edward R. Murrow. Um, talk about just how, how necessary it is to watch. I mean, kids should, should still watch that. You know, it's, it's just one of those great journalism movies, you know, and you had George Clooney directing it black and white playing Fred friendly with you. And man, it's, it's just one of those great, I guess what, like a cautionary tale of how journalism can, can push back against some more, you know, arrogant forces in in politics uh absolutely uh, well first off congratulations on your receiving of the edward r murrow award that's uh that's not a uh, uh that's quite an honor so thank congratulations on that and congrats uh, on you for playing him i want to hear what it was like playing <laughs> well uh when i got past the the smoking uh situation <laughs> i it, it was um it was one of those situations one of those roles which I always felt I was behind the eight ball because of the reputation of the man um, and uh, what it was about, the, the relevancy of the film, um, giving viewers a uh, who, who, who go to it today um, uh, a window into what it, broadcast journalism was like, um, what the media was like. Uh, it's, uh, it seems like science fiction compared to what it is today or vice versa. But that uh, what can and I believe should be the standards, and that's why Edward R. Murrow is held high. Um, what I think can and should be are, are those standards that um, he set. Um, truth to power um, and uh, confront in as objective a way, objective a way as possible. Yeah, the, the standards set by Edward R. Murrow, I think uh, all broadcast journalists and all media um, personnel sh should see it, or sh maybe not the film, but they should at least be told or, um, you know, somehow informed about uh, what it was like and what he what he did. It's, uh, I mean, you could go on and on about his, his influence and his legacy. Uh, so and making the film was really quite special uh, that's uh, I will cherish that oh yeah uh, Joe McCarthy really met his match with that <laughs> um cool well, and then something completely different an action movie classic the born ultimatum that was that just a, a thrilling to be a part of as, as thrilling it was for us to watch it yeah yeah it's uh, very exciting to shoot um the pacing of the film the editing of the film uh, which I think is the real genius of the film and as well, you know, the cinematography, but the, the editing and the, uh, the how it, once the ball starts rolling, you can't stop it. And it's very engaging. And I think it's really brilliantly shot. Oh, yeah. One of Matt Damon's career roles. So cool that, that you're in, you're going toe to toe with him in that. All right. And then a pair of sort of, uh, you know, bringing it back to sort of the history idea, a pair of, um, of biopics you were a part of, uh, you know, across Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln, um, and then Gary Oldman in Darkest Hours, Winston Churchill. 
hey, if, if they want to win an Oscar, I guess all they have to do is portray a head of state with you in the movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I, uh, I, I'm not going to take any credit for contributing to those extraordinary performances. Um, but a cool, but it was it cool to be now, you know, when kids look and generations will try to look back at those moments in history, you know, Civil War and World War II with with Lincoln and Churchill. It, it, it's got to be an honor that, that you're there as part telling those telling tell those stories. Yeah, it is. It, it, it was and it, and it is yeah, for sure. All right. Well, then sort of wrapping it up before we get back around to the Shakespeare Theater, we got to mention uh, this the, this year's. I mean, it's the reigning best picture, Nomadland. Um uh, I mean, that movie, I think it really, I mean, not only was Francis amazing, but you, you really were a standout as well. And man, I, I was, we, me and everyone else were rooting for her to, you know, end up with you, but I know it's that, that really wasn't sort of her, her journey at the end. She needed, it was more about overcoming uh, her grief, but, um, but why do you think that movie was, was, was touched such a, such a nerve? Is, is it the fact that, you know, we've been all in a pandemic and the idea of getting in a van and, you know, traveling the country and, you know, sort of that captured sort of that isolation in an odd way that we've all been going through or, or what is it? What do you think it, why, why do you work for you? I, I think you, you're, you're onto it. Uh, it was a, uh, came at a, uh, a time when people were feeling unsettled in their lives, uh, foreclosures, uh, lives being compromised not only by the, the COVID, but economic situations, ideologies crashing in on people, who knows um, what would uh, you know, have happened to put somebody out there on the road. And it's, uh, it's a subculture in, in America that um, is quite pervasive. Um, and the road itself has, I think, been a part, sort of mythic part of the American experience. Um, so it, it rang the bell on several levels, I think. Uh, you know, loss, uh, recouping yourself, finding a way back into a community, uh, and uh, on a very, very basic level. Um, no bells and whistles about living in a van. And uh, I think the, uh, the kindness of strangers and the... Uh, and the freedom that it, it, it affords, too, is uh, another part of, um, of why it, I think it struck a bell. Um, and it's a very simple, unassuming uh, film, and it's about some very just everyday human beings um, trying to find some kind of community. Uh, I think it was, uh, it was beautifully done by Chloe. Um, and, and Fran was very brave, Frances McDormand, very brave in depicting Fern in the way she did. Oh yeah, it was it was a you know the way Chloe Zhao just it was sort of that hybrid of a of a narrative and a documentary with some you know real life nomads. It was just it messed with the form of filmmaking a little bit and was just a powerful emotional story as well with great performances. You all so yeah, I mean it it was a great movie and so hats off to you for that. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? Right before that movie came out, you joined us this time last year to do Theater of War's Oedipus Project. Um, which was like a virtual Zoom, you know, reading of of uh, Sophocles, Oedipus the King. Um, and Francis was with you on that too, right? So uh, just talk about how, you know, any memories of, of that project, because that might be the last time, you know, us folks in D.C., you know, that we tuned in for something like that. Well, Theater of War, uh, that project has been going on now for seven, eight years now. Uh, no, maybe more than that. I'd say uh, I think it's 10, 11 years now. Um 
Yeah, it's um, it's dear to my heart. I'm I'm really fortunate to be a part of the the acting cast, which is now some time twenty plus actors around the world who um, are uh, you know at a drop of a hat will do one of these readings, and it's a it's a project that I think has a, a, a surprising amount of uh, emotional um, uh, impact, and it's. In, in, in its ability to get people together in a room to share uh, feelings and uh, about trauma on all sorts of levels. And it doesn't matter who you are, what walk of life you come from, everybody can uh, to relate to these, these issues. And I think that what Brian Doris has done with Theater of War is, is extraordinary. It's really a gift to, uh, to all of us to have a place, a safe place, where we can go and share and experience and triangulate our experiences with someone else's through a play of 2,500 years ago. Um, that's the way I, what I feel about the Karski project as well. This man was another time. World War II was a totally another time. But his story is, uh, I think, so vital and essential to us now because the world is feeling very divisive and fractured and unsettled. And there's a lot of stuff that uh, uh, gives us anxiety and, and is also making people separate into different camps. Um, he, in, in the long run, uh, was a teacher. And that was his greatest gift, uh, or second greatest gift, after testifying and bringing witness, bearing witness to the war atrocities. But as a teacher, he passed on the, uh, the principles of, of speaking truth and uh, learning about our past so that hopefully we don't make those mistakes again. Um, that's going to be a never-ending lesson we all have to learn. But... Uh, yeah, in terms of the historical impact of what we're doing as theater people, um, I think it's, uh, it's one of the more important things, and I really feel responsible, but I also feel fortunate that I can be there sharing experiences that uh, bring people together for the better. Absolutely. And I can't think of a better place to do it and get that message out and teach that history than here in the nation's capital. Um, yes. Everyone, again, it's called Remember This, The Lesson of Jan Karski, and it's going to be at Shakespeare Theater Company from October 6th through 17th. Uh, one man solo performance here. Uh, so you don't want to miss it. Uh, thanks so much, David. I, I really, really appreciate it. And, you know, you're always so insightful whenever you come on. And uh, I mean, it's just if, if I must say so myself, I mean, well, I'd say you're I mean, I know you've you've gotten Oscar nom nominations and stuff, but I think your career is just one of the most the body of work. I think you're just so underrated. So I must I got to tell you, I think you're so underrated and you deserve all all the all the acclaim in the world. Well, thanks, Jason. You know, we, we all put our pants on one leg at a time, unless you're more nimble and you can jump into them. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of us out there trying to do the same thing. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be part of some really uh, great, um, you know, I say works of art, theatrical and, and filmic. You know, we, we did a film of this uh, just before COVID, just as COVID was starting to make its way through the world. We did a... Uh, 
I made a documentary film of the of the of the piece of the play, which is trying to find its way out in the uh, uh, in and around film festivals and things. Um, so hopefully that will be out there. So if people don't get to see the performance, um, they'll get to see the film. It's uh, we made it with the intention of it being kind of an educational platform, be used in schools of uh, foreign service and political, uh, you know, uh, uh, curriculum. Um, because I, as I said before, and I will always say it, I think Karski's lesson, his legacy, is something um, that will. Uh, it will grab you and it will stick with you if, if you're open to it. And uh, that's what I hope what happens with the audiences, uh, that they enjoy the evening, but they also take something away that can, uh, you know, move things forward in a positive way. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for joining us. I can't think of a, a better way to a sign offline other than, you know, from one Murrow radio station to the man <laughs> who played him. Uh, help me with it. Good night and and good luck. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.